Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. But Romantic Warrior, he's well clear in the Hong Kong Cup. He's three lengths over Money Catcher, Denon the Kid. He is the perfect racehorse, Romantic Warrior. And he's now a Hong Kong Cup winner. Romantic Warrior by five for James McDonald. Bella Nipatina takes the lead. Kicks clear, two lengths, Rothfire. And best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipatina and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Bella Nipatina four lengths. And Zaki joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki. Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck. But it's Animo clear. G'day punters and welcome to another Racing Previews podcast. I've got a massive week this week. Five Group 1s spread across Victoria and New South Wales. Blue Diamond Stakes Day, we know it's one of the greatest days on the Australian racing calendar and this year it's at Sandown. And we've got a big team to preview it with. Starting off with you, Julian Valance, one of the biggest guests we've ever had on. Uh, probably the number one, I'd say. The biggest. He's, He's been everywhere. He's been on Racing.com. He's been Sportsbet. Um, you name it, he's done it. He's a market expert. When he speaks, we listen. Jules, how are you, mate? I'm good after that. I'll give you a sling later for that. So um, that, that, that's good, boys. No, I'm excited to be here, actually. I sort of did a bit of homework on you three after I uh, got the call up just to see what I was dealing with. And um, I'm looking forward to it because I think you guys are young and you have a crack and it's going to be interesting because the game's all full of opinions and that's what we do. Uh, no one's right or wrong until actually after the race and even sometimes after the race there's still no right or wrong so um, I think this is going to be fun I think it will be (laughs) very exciting boys Will, Alfred, Nick McGalter how are we? yeah I'm good Uh, uni starts this week so you know that's a bit scary but um, Saturday Saturday is just about the best um, card of racing I've ever seen so looking really forward to it big statement Nick McGalter fresh haircut how are you? Fresh fade, ready for Saturday, get me to the track. <laughs> Bit of a different, I don't know what the punters are, I don't think the punters are, they know what they're in for. I've got a very different sort of set this week. I've got a bit of fat in a few selections. I've backed a couple of horses that never thought I'd back again. <laughs> I'm declaring a couple, so it should be a good podcast, I reckon. Yeah, I thought it was a very open day, but we'll soon find out. 
We're starting off in race one. It is a 20 hundred metre listed event. It's the Victoria Gold Cup and we've got a very short price favourite. His name is Right You Are. He's up and running. He's fit. Uh, from Saracen Knight, High Emotion, Midnight Blue and Vow and Declare. Once a Melbourne Cup winner. Look, race one, $1.70 favourite. What are we thinking, Jules? I'll let you go first. Well, it's not my show, boys, but is it okay if I start off how we think this track's going to play? Or yeah, is, do you not do yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. No, we so don't. obviously... Um, for the punters out there who you know might be listening to this and have been under a rock and don't know what's going to be happening at Sandown, there is a bit happening. Um, I think there's no doubt we're going to be starting on a three, but for all bells and whistles, we'll start good four and then they'll upgrade probably after we get a circle and, and maybe um, one of the sprint races. But uh, So I think you factor in that it's going to be fast times. Um, we've got two 1,800-metre races which are actually going to be on the hillside. You've got your Oakley plate, which comes from the chute, and then it's obviously the winning post is 80 metres past the original winning post. And then you've got a blue diamond, which is around the circle. Now, um, all the numbers that I've got for all those races um, is actually forward of midfield is, is the place to be. Even the 1,800 metres hillside, where we get this belief that hillside is a very fair track and worse than midfield is no issue at all, which it, it can be. But when you get a really firm deck like which we will have on Saturday four up to a three and in essence running on a three I think you want to be forward of midfield with that you also got to add in that we've got a 30 to 45 kilometer northerly expected so what is that for the sand down track it's actually a tailwind sort of for the home straight in that shoot so again I think they're going to run really fast time say for a race like the Oakley Plate I think they'll absolutely um, scorch the turf <laughs> there uh, so that's just another fact. They're going to go like Oakley players. Yeah, correct, as they say. I'm trying not to use those kinds of terms, but you're right. Um, yeah, so I think as a starting point, we always should have a starting point to when we go into a meeting for the, one of the first things we do. And, and I think for the punters out there, we want to be forward of midfield. And until we get shown something in the first three or four races, I think that's where we, we um, place our energy. And Jules, I know you've spoken a lot about these firmer tracks. Do you want to just explain to the punters why you've got a lot more confidence betting into these good tracks compared to the soft tracks? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to um, consistency for the horses. So it also comes down to when a horse can run fast time and we can say, oh, geez, that was a fast two. Invariably not. They continue to run fast time. So you've got to trust horses that can, as we call it, break the clock and they get these opportunities. Now, I think um, in Melbourne, especially probably in the last 18 months, I reckon they've changed their policy with the irrigation. I was very concerned 18 months ago, we were sort of starting on a soft five and we weren't even getting into the good four range. So it just became a little bit of the, that, that old dead track range, which throws up a lot of variables because it's neither soft nor dry uh, and dries out probably throughout the day. So um, you trust continual good tracks uh, because the times don't lie. Uh, our eyes can lie and our video watchers can all, you know, we can glean different things from it. But what doesn't lie is the clock. And, and you get great guide from that when you're running on genuine good three tracks. And we've been sort of blessed this sort of carnival to be able to do that. And I think um, form seems to hold up as well. You can trust uh, horses when they're running on these tracks consistently. Not wet one week, dry the next. It becomes really sticky. So um, that's the way I look at it uh, from that perspective, boys. Yeah, it's just one less variable to, to yeah, worry about. And, and, and that's a great point. And also, the, the, the great or the bad thing about racing, whichever way you want to look at it, I think it's a great thing, is there are so many variables. 
you can cut a yeah. race so many different ways and yet still you've missed the variable that was probably the most important. So um, there's so many and if you can just remove one or you can have confidence in one, it allows us to be more confident as punters going into the race. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, sorry for uh, jumping the gun there and skipping the track report, but let's get into race one. It is a 2100-metre affair, as I said. Right you are, is a dominant favourite. Um, Jules, he's the one up and running. He's fit. He's up against a, a few that are sort of resuming staying types. Um, do you think what, what price is the right price, wrong price? Do you think you'll be shouldering arms? I've marked him around $1.70, so... I think that's probably about what he is now. I think they might have put up a dollar eighty-five, dollar eighty. I didn't want to back him with a dollar eighty-five, dollar eighty anyway, even though I have marked him a little bit shorter than that. Um, three in a row, you're right. He's fit. I will say this race is going to be run extremely different to the three races that he has won. So he's been coming out of really fast run races and been outstanding. There's no doubt on Saturday that it's not going to be a fast run race. Now, the other factor to that is he probably just about takes this race up you would think and probably can lead and control and then if he wants to get the revs up um, early Ethan Brown can do that who's riding outstandingly uh, by the way um, you can trust him with a bit of confidence but this horse is still on the minimum he gets his chance I, I look at it from this perspective I think there's a few here first up that I'm happy to, to bin and, and I'm happy to sort of be top price at Foxcatcher because we're just we, we want to get that money um, and they're like Vow and Declare and High Emotion, who are good horses, Midnight Blue. The one horse that I think, if the money comes for it at the death, is Saracen Knight. I think if the money comes for this horse, then I would be very interested because I think it will run really well. Comes off a peak before it goes to the break. It's Herbert Powell win, I thought was outstanding. Gets car. Um, if there's any money for it, then I think you have to just follow the trail there a little bit. Um, otherwise, I think this is just another race for right you are to win because he controlled the tempo. Do I want to play in the race? Absolutely not. Um, but I think he wins, but he's, he, he's ex- been extremely well found by the market, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I pretty much... Mm, when, when I... Sorry, you go. You go. I was, all I was going to add is I pretty much agree with the same points. I think right you are is clearly the horse to beat, but race one on Blue Diamond Day, do I want to be standing in a seventy and potentially going balls up <laughs> after one race? Probably not. Yeah, when I said um, this is going to be the best, one of the best rating, uh, rate, uh, meetings I've ever looked at, I wasn't referring to this, this race. This is a pretty slow start to the day. Nico, I think you you are in his corner. Oh, yeah. He's a, he should just piss in, but uh, I'm with you. Do I really want to take a dollar seventy? I don't know. Tell me after I've had two screens before the first and I'm up and about. <laughs> He'll win. He'll win. That's all you need to know. He'll be going. If you want to back him? Back him. If you don't want to back him, full credit to you. He'll be going in one of Nico's many multis. All right, let's move on to race two. It is a group two over fourteen hundred meters for the three-year-old fillies. Shuffle dancer for Peter Moody is jumping up from a seventy to a group two. Is three dollars sixty favorite from laced up heels five fifty. Call die five fifty. She's lickety split seven. Royal merchant seven, and then wave rider boy thirteen dollars. Um, Jules, I'll, I'll probably just throw to you at the start of every race, and we'll listen to. No, I'll go last. Let's 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 get the boys going first. So yeah, let's let's get one of the boys to go. Right, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'm backing two horses here. Um, um, the first is Jenny Lala, who won like a good horse on debut, and then was pitched up to a listed grade 
at only its second start. Uh, it was always wide there at Caulfield and was really strong through the line uh, regardless and then sent for a let up. There was no intent first up at um, Mooney Valley and then it was held up and, and still, was still strong late. He's a lightly raced filly with potential to explode and I think he gets Craig Williams first time. And Craig Williams and Kieran Moore and Dave Eusis have combined uh, 46 times for 8 wins at a 17.4% strike rate and 12% profit on turnover since the 1st of January 2022. And the second horse I'm going to be backing is Cole uh, Die, who um, is a Frankel out of a three-time Group 1 winning and Cox Plate-placed filly, was $50 into $10 at its second start in a listed race and then uh, was strong late, running to third there up in the inferior ground and then was sent for a spell. Rating improved uh, massively again um, when f- uh, first up when $2.40 into $1.80 um, on a, in a faster race at Kensington. I would have loved her to come home a little bit faster than what she did, but the room for improvement second up, and um, I think she can sharply improve again against some pretty well-exposed fillies with uh, potentially difficult maps. Um, another sort of stat I've got is the stable have only just had 14 runners in the Vic Metro since... January 1st, 2020, so sort of shows the intent sending such a well-bred filly down to steal a pretty weak group too. So I was happy to to land on those horses at around the $7 and $19, mark. Beautiful. That's why we call him Mr. Statsman. Uh, I will go next. Shout out to our good mate, Jack Adam, in the chat. He actually, during the week, he said, take the price for Shuffle Dancer all in. There was $12 around, so I ended up snatching up a bit of $11. Um... I think it's probably a little bit short right now at the 360. Um, I was really interested in this Sydney horse, but I'm not sure how it's been rating this cold eye, but really interests me. I think it's the map horse. I think it's going to go forward and sit on speed with Damien Oliver. Um, Jules, if your intel is correct about potentially wanting to be on speed, then laced up heels, drawn 10, she'll be going back and possibly will be a Cast. drifter. Um, she's looking at his split. I think she's still just getting fit and Royal Merchant I thought had every chance last start. I'm not sure how good she is, but I was sort of playing three and eight. Yeah, full credit to Adza for it. I know he's gonna he'll absolutely I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth because he's gonna love this. This is his day in the sun. He's he's done the hard work now, he's eaten SP, so now he just needs a good ride from Malam on Shuffle Dancer and hopefully uh, he'll enjoy the little treats. The horse that I wanted to back, but I was just a little worried that she's not ready. Was she's looking to split? Um, I think she may go a touch better with just a little bit of toe in the ground. By this time, it's going to be hot, dry, fast. I think she might just want a little bit more cush and ready to peak third up. So yeah, I don't have a firm opinion in the race, but for those on Shuffle Dancer, I'm praying for you. I think I heard she's looking to split gets the bar plates off, so that's. That's yeah, a that's pretty key positive. Oh, maybe the maybe the good track isn't an issue. All right, Jules. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting race. I'm actually really keen on this race. Um, different form lines, which I actually use, I love because you can sort of disregard some and really attack some as as the right form form race. Um, it's interesting that Will liked Cool Die because when I looked at this, I was like, this is the profile that we've seen probably for the last three or four weeks, this Sydney horse, Sydney form line come down and just beat up really on the Melbourne horses that aren't possibly much good in this kind of age bracket. And I agree 100% with Will, and that's why I'm a little bit concerned, so I've sort of gone off it is. I love the fact that it was inside standard time last start, but that last 400-200 was worse of the day. That camp is brilliant first up. Their stats show that they are. I'm not suggesting that they fall off a cliff second up. Um, they're still pretty good, but I wanted to see a little bit more 
in that last 400. And if it did, I, it would have been, I would have been really keen on it. Um, I think Nick's right with she's lickety split. I think this horse is just begging for 1,400 metres. I hope they ride it a little bit warmer. If it can settle in the first four or five, I'm petrified of it, of the bet that I've had in the race. Because the bar plates come off. I'm not too worried about on her dry, because 1,200 metres New Zealand, she won some races on a dry track. Um, she can settle a lot closer. She, they just didn't knock her around last start. I know you could suggest that she wasn't great through the line, but Damien looked after her, I thought. Um, it was well known that she was she needed the run. She had missed some work back in New Zealand before she come. Yeah, and it, it sort of looked like that. Absolutely. Yep. So getting to fourteen hundred meters immediately is where you know this horse thrives. There's no doubting that. Clearly the best horse in the race, and you know got to carry the penalty. But there's no issue there. I think yes, baby, yes, carried a penalty two thousand twenty one. So this kind of race for a profile is no issue with that. Um, so I thought that was the one I was most petrified. Laced up heels, I am going to be laying to everyone that wants. I just can't get it anywhere near that price. <laughs> and I think it's a nice horse, yeah. but it's about okay, you're a nice horse, but it's got to go back. It just has to. When it goes back, I just thought, um, you know, I'm happy to be top price here. I'm happy to be top price Royal Merchant, who I was sort of against last start, and they've gone quick seven-day back up. I thought last last week was an end of prep run. She um, munches it. Yeah, they're going again. And you've got to trust the camp, but for me, I'm happy to, to lay them. If it beats me, you know, I got it wrong. But the one I've sort of... J-Mac off. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um but the one I've settled on is Shuffle Dancer, and I sort of—I'm I'm not a massive fan of taking horses, backing horses off 35 days. But this profile just sits really well. It was inside standard time at Mooney Valley. I think she's a big mare, so she needs space. She got that space at the end when she was bottled up last start. But um, I just think she can get a backside and, and flow into the race. I think she's the winner, but I'm petrified of she's lickety split. I'm going to have to have something on her as well. Um, because I think she's the best horse in the race and I think she might be ready. Uh, but the rest, I'm happy to take on. Um, but I think there's a lesson out there for the punters, and we've seen it probably over the last three or four weeks, is do not be worried about um, these horses coming from, say, obscure places, whether it be Packenham, whether it be Wyong, whether it be Gosford. If they're up and fit and they can run good times, they can match up against these horses who theoretically have got the better form at Flemington, at Caulfield or Randwick, who have been just been running as a number um, in those Group 2 or Group 1 races. So uh, I'm not doing it on Saturday, but even though Shuffle Dancer comes from a restricted race, um, I think the lesson is, if they're fit and they're running good time, uh, don't be scared of these other horses that have been running in group races because they're not much better. I'm not great yeah. anymore. I'm yeah. back. I'm betting. <laughs> Jules is solid, so you're too good. I'm, I'm with. So, punters, it looks like a good betting race there. There's a couple to back and there's a couple we can be against. Let's move on to race three. Uh, it is the Mannerism Stakes, 1,400 metres. This time it is for the Mayors. Espiona has gone up $4.20 favourite. Will she ever get back to her best? She comes back to Melbourne again. Truath, $4.40. Torajine, $4.80. Pride of Jenny, $4.80. Barbrader, $5.00. And Forbidden City, $9.50. Six horse field, and they're all under double figures. What do we think? Uh... Yeah, Espiona's tricky because um, she's got that one massive rating, but she won by so far, it's hard to rate because you have to sort of rely on the clock. Well, that's what I've heard. I don't actually rate the races. I just use someone else's ratings. But um, I've heard that it's very, very hard to rate when they win by that far and you sort of have to rely on the clock. Um, I think it's an anomaly and she won't ever get back to that. Um, and yeah, like she's, pretty, she's relatively consistent around a, a decent enough level, but I just don't think that's that good here um the horse i had on top was Trurath. um 
She was asked to quicken against the A graders and she couldn't. Uh, she's better suited in higher pressure races, I feel. Um, and I know it's a small field, but like there's a couple of horses that want to be up in up on the speed and and um, and probably even leading. So I thought third up with Zara going on from Damien Oliver. I thought that was a pretty big jockey booking. And then and the verse some resuming mares. I thought she was probably the top pick. I wanted five dollars to have a bet, but um, yeah, probably not a betting race for me. But if she gets out and the market keeps coming for Espiona, then I'll probably will have a bet. Don't do it I don't have too many opinions here, lad. So, Nick or Jules, if, if you're <coughs> thinking of having a bet or have anything to chime in, feel free. Too hard for me. Um, just don't do it to yourself, Will. Don't back Espiona. She's a cat. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, serious. Don't do it. She's not. It's, a, it's an interesting one. It, we, we, I'm not. It's interesting we say, you know, she's a cat. She, she does so many things wrong. She lays in. She has the ability to pull... Um, she doesn't even actually, run with her head straight. She runs yeah, and, and sideways. The so yeah, so I, I feel like she's got issues. I mean, Will's right. That that number at Flemington over seven feet on fourteen hundred metres clearly looks to be the outlier. Um, but geez, it was. It was enormous. You know, the bonus you gave, you can give it is is great. But she is three from ten. So is that you know not a bad record overall? Um, I, but I can understand the sentiment around her because of the price that she starts in races. I thought this race was just too hard. I mean, um, yeah, I'm sort of with everyone here. You know, Churath, I thought, if it, if it missed the oar, Churath, and had run straight off the jigsaw run, where it was really well backed and sat on speed, and I thought it was outrageously good. But its last 100 metres in the oar was nothing short of uh, worrying, Horrible. to be honest. And she yeah. has that ability to really go off the boil and just completely spit it out and become sour. So I'm worried about her. Um, you know... Uh, what I would say for the punters out there is if they're mad keen on having a bet in this race, probably watch what the market does with Pride of Jenny because if she's there from a market mm. perspective, they'll probably lead and she's obviously fit enough and can probably control the race. But if she's not there, then, you know, I didn't really know where to go. I was half kicking up for Torrigine and this is a horse that, you know, is sort of not there from a class factor. It was absolutely impossible. So I've probably wasted 90 seconds of everyone's time talking absolute garbage. <laughs> no, we do. I sort of broke it down similar to you. I was like, Churath either had the option to go to the or, or she could have gone to that Anavisto race last week, or come here second up. Mm. Fair enough, you want to face Anavisto, but don't go to the Group One. Should have just come straight here. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah, was she, and she oh. was in the bin too at that, which is you yeah. know I sort of half was thinking she was going to run really well, and they were going to be positive from the gates. They were really negative from the gate. Um, market spat her out. It was as if she was sort of sore. So uh, it's, it's just hard to back horses off really bad ones. And you can take $10 plus about those horses if you want to have a have a you know a bit of a guess that she gets back to her best. But, you know, you take, you're paying a premium for horses like this when she's around that price. So just on the fact that I'm hoping she gets back to her best. Um, yeah. I think it's a quick way to munch through your bank. Yep, Absolutely. All right, let's go to race four. It is the Zedative Stakes over 1,200 metres. <coughs> Excuse me. Quick market read, Spacewalk 330, Queen of the Ball 480, Rich Fortune 5, Recommendation 750, uh, Le Donjon Rouge, don't know how you say that, $9. Um, I'll quickly go first. My lean was towards Spacewalk here. Um, he's the fit one. He's now third up. His overall figures have been solid, I think, this preparation. Uh, broke class benchmark last start. And he did it pulling his head off pretty much the whole way. I think the jockey booking here is massive. Um, 
goes from Reese Jones to Jamie Carr. I think he'll settle a lot better with Jamie Carr. And drawn barrier too, I think he can go forward and find a position just in behind Queen of the Ball. Um, his recent trial, he beat Mizzou and stablemate Athalric. That was pretty hot. I love a mid-prep trial. Um, and, you know, he has that... Especially from that camp. Yeah, especially from Godolphin. He has that form around lofty strike. He looks a great chance in the Oakley Plate. I've got nothing against Queen of the Ball. She'll be up there for a long way. Rich Fortune is a super talent, but he was... Uh, sorry, she was 1,100 last start um, out of the shoot. So now it's 1,200. She's drawn nine. So she's got to contend with two, uh, two turns this time around. And I just think Spacewalk is just going to get the perfect map in behind the lead. Um, she's touching nearly three dollars fifty now, so I thought that was respectable. Yeah, I sort of thought the map was a little bit tricky. Maybe I, I would have preferred um, Spacewalk, maybe at a Flemington or, or drawn out because she he can be a bit slow and, and uh, a little bit slow to muster. But um, he's obviously the best horse here, and he's um, he's a big horse, so good track will suit him, and and he's he's been gelded this preparation, so he's I think he's going he's probably going to. He gets every chance to go to a new peak in this, and um, he, he probably can, and he probably will, but I, I just thought he was probably uh, about the 380 mark was about the right price for him, and um, yeah, I sort of had a look at recommendation, like it was a big rating, one by a big, big margin at Canterbury, but it was Canterbury, it was leading on the rail, so maybe it's an anomaly, um, so yeah, I, I just, unless, unless Spacewalk gets adrift, which I highly doubt he does, I'll probably just be sitting and watching in this race. He actually gets no he actually gets a half kilo off the girls as well. I found that quite interesting. So he's in yeah, pretty right. well at the weights. He's in really well. Mm. He profiles really fantastically. And and for a horse that's ever going to that slightly misses the start, there's no better jockey, better jockey I think in the world than Jamie Carr that seems to never miss the start. I mm. think you'd have to go back a long, long time to watch replays to see Jamie Carr actually ever miss a start by even just a little bit. She's just fantastic from the gates. And B's able to get a position, a horse, probably that usually settles where in a low percentage play, she gets him to settle in that high percentage play. And um, I think he's a probably a bet. I mean, he comes out of I think a pretty good race. Um, you know, it sort of matches up similar to sort of that Maria Mia who got beaten last start. I think it was half a second slower, but last 400, 200, pretty good. And I know Maria Mia got beaten last start, but it went through the roof. And and the SP shows you that that. You know, it still started very short in that race that it got beaten in. So that's all you need to know about that. Don't worry about horses getting beaten um, at their next start. Um, recommendations, yeah, I agree with Will. That that time and that rating is enormous, absolutely. Mm. Can you trust it now that it's probably not going to be able to get the rail? And if it does, it has to work hard. Yeah. It's going to have company with Queen of the Ball. Um, so mm. that's a little bit of a trick for it, but... Definitely that, that number is outstanding. The bottom one really interests me, and if you can't pronounce a horse, you always just say the number of it, number 10, mate, so we go with that. <laughs> um, it's usually a horse that can settle Noted. settle forward of midfield, like right on speed, and it just missed the start last start, and I thought it was very good uh, through the line. That sort of form line all ties in with, you know, Queen of the Ball and Rich Fortune. I'm happy to be against Rich Fortune, I think. You know, you're taking on Jerome Hunter, 11 from 18, going at 61%, something like that. And I think his market expectation is 28. So um, to take on Jerome Hunter is probably silly and foolish, but I'm happy to in this regard because I think he maps all the way back and around the circle, I think it's going to be tricky to be able to pick them all off. Um, I think Spacewalk's probably a bet, and I think it really does tighten up right in the market. 
And I'm just really interested to see Sebenak now on a dead set dry track. I think he's a bit maligned. He's one from seven and probably doesn't, you know, been going fantastically. But I just reckon a dry track. That last start, um, I thought it was a big rating race. So he got anywhere back to his best. He could run a race for you at double figures. But Spacewalk is, is clearly the, um, the obvious. Yeah, shout out to Travi Noonan. He was uh, tipping up the top weight seven yak hard on the Racing Show podcast. So I'll probably be taking a bit of the big price there as well and tipping up on Spacewalk. All right, let's go to race five. It is the Autumn Classic Group 2, 1,800 metres for the three-year-olds. Um, <clears throat> as Jules mentioned off the top, this is... No, sorry, I've, I've skipped the race. No, I haven't. What am I there saying? You are. All right, sorry. This, this race is on the hillside. Um, Pericles is the $3.20 favorite from Mr. Maestro, $5. Hennessy Lad, $6. Acosta, $7.50. Osbred Rising Sun, $8.50. And Yasuki, $14. Um, I'll let someone else go first, but I do have an opinion in this race. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm back in two horses here. The first is Pericles. Um, there was sustained money for him throughout Cox Plate Day and to essentially halve in price from $6 and about $3 off such a, a poor setup, 1,400 metres to 2,000 on a day with that much liquidity just shows the opinion the market has of him. Um, shown again first up when he went 460 to 370 late in betting and then the overall time of the Vars stacked up pretty well against the Cox Plate so um, and he, and he only, only just punctured up late there so um, I think if he runs the Vars rating he'll just about win this and he gets a Pretty much the perfect map. Map, I think. He, there's, a, there's a fast speed here. I know. I know that race at um, uh, first start rated horribly, but he's just not a low pressure um, 1400 meter horse, and I think he just gets the perfect setup uh, here to be going to. I think. I think he's a really good horse, but he just hasn't been put in a scenario where he's been able to show that. Um, uh, James Cummings in the Vic Metro, 33 from 180 at 18 uh, at 13.3% profit on turnover since. The 23rd of February 2022. So that's a, a, since the last year, um, James Cummings is just profitable. He's the best trainer in Australia. And the other horse I'm going to be backing is Art Zeno, who, like Pericles, was uh, <laughs> unsuited in a low pressure 1400 meter race and was taken back from the wide gate. He's got a four, $4.60 SP versus Mr. Maestro in the Super Impose, which is enormous uh, when you compare the prices. And then he ran on from last on a day. It was hard to make ground at Flemington there. I'm sure he starts shorter than $18 um, that's being bet right now, despite the map. Look, the obvious query is the map for him, but you're taking $16, and I'm happy enough to, to have something on just to find out, I guess. Nico, it sounds like Will is still Why did you have to say that, Will? <laughs> I was, like, so confident this is my best E-Trade bet of the day. I'm like, none of the other boys are going to have this. Just going to come in here with this $18 bomb and he and you just pull the carpet straight on me. <laughs> I mean, you can just share the spoils. It's okay to you know, win oh. together, mate. It's okay to win together. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have everything by yourself. He wants the credit. Yeah, he, he wants the full credit. Nico, go on. Yeah, anyway, uh, this horse was severely unsuited last start. We're getting up to his right trip. He may be running on when it's all over and still need a step up in trip. Um... But I like the way he quickened off a very slowly run race last start. Like he's gone from pretty much a walk at twelve ninety six from the ten to the eight to twelve two to eleven to ten fifty two. For a, for a staying type of horse to have that sort of sprint first up, I liked to see. Um, 
especially Mick Price and Kent Jr. with Mark Sarah, they're a combination that I like to find, and they go at 23.5%, winning strike rate 23 from their last 98 runners. Um, so that was definitely good to back up what I thought I already knew, so I'm having my main bet on him, and I'm saving you on Mr. Maestro. He's the other um, good stayer in the race that I like. He was a little closer last start and obviously finished a little closer. He was the same, unsuited with a slowly run race when the sprint went on. He was very good. Um, I think he's going to find a nice cushy run from three with Chitty on. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was an easy two-bet play. Nothing against the favourite, but purely a, a price point of view. I thought Art Zeno probably should be half his price, and I thought Mr Maestro is probably about his right price. But, yeah, I don't think Art Zeno... Is an eighteen dollar chance. I think he's more of a eight or a nine dollar chance. I am going to be with the favourite Pericles. I'm seeing blue and I'm seeing Jamie Carr for the running double here. Um, look, he's got the SP over these horses last start, and I thought he was really brave in defeat. He was three wide, no cover, pretty much the whole way. And I know, I know it's not the worst thing when they're wide without cover, going on a slow tempo, but it's still probably not ideal. Um, we saw he went from fourteen hundred metres to 2,040 metres and he was backed off the map on Cox Plate Day. I think 1,400 metres to 1,800 metres is perfect here because he probably just felt the pinch stepping up from 14 to 2,000 on Cox Plate Day there. Um, so I think 1,800 metres is perfect. I think Jamie Carr will send him forward and I think he's the best horse in the race. I think the price on offer is um, backable, yeah. You can come bet with me. I think, uh, yeah, it's Ooh. really, it's, well, it's, it's, um, I think I'm going to be different to the market here because I think the market will, will rally with Pericles and I just, I need to see it. And I, I get, I get all your points about, especially Cox Plate Day and, um, that was just a horrible profile for anyone, you know, worrying about stuff going forward. When you see 14 to 2000, it's just a nightmare and, um, Usually the market sort of spits those horses out and wants to see them second go 2,000 and they run enormous. But um, market wanted to be with it. Uh, look, I just wanted a different form line in this race um, because I just I just don't like that form line that it comes out of. And it's probably the best horse to come out of that race. I mean, I, here's the point. So you, it's $3.10, $3.20 right now. I've marked this horse sort of equal favourites with Mr Maestro with, you know, around that four sixty four eighty. So... I'm happy as a bookmaker to lay this horse to a certain point till it gets to that. And I don't think it gets to the price that I've got it because I think it'll still hold in. So I'm going to be tied to the cross with this horse and I think he probably beats me. But as a bookmaker, I've got to take a set against something. And until I see something from this horse, I'm still against him. Um, it was a slowly run race. Yes, they came home really good last 400, 200 wide it's sort of irrelevant i thought him and mr maestro sort of were just as good but mr maestro's done it before at 1800 meters he really is a, a bloody good animal he was in the spring and i know we've got spring to autumn horses can really explode and horses regress so we'll probably see that on saturday with a few of them um i just couldn't find anything from the different form line so it's going to be interesting so i'm laying pericles but i can't back anything but i did think uh, Mr. Maestro was just as good and, and I, I thought it might tighten up in the market um, compared to Pericles. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, Osbred Rising's a really interesting one because when they think they went up mm, on Wednesday, yeah. they went up like $21 or something and um, everyone was sort of cheering about it. They got the price and then I looked at it and I've marked it, you know, what have I marked it? $15. I think 
Mm. It won by a space in Sydney. I get that. And it's probably an improver that's going to keep, you know, uh, doing better numbers. But that was so slow overall. So if I see a slow overall time, I want to see a good last 600, a good last 400, a good last 200. It's the worst of the day. Last 400, last 200. So I, I get the margin, but, and I get Williams going on. Massive ticks there. But I was hard against that horse. So I'll be best price it and Pericles. And uh, I'd suggest we'll be shutting the shop after race five. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought the twenty one dollars was big, but like eight dollars now is just ridiculous. I yeah, thought. same sickening. And even even with Hennessy Lad and Acosta, I thought those um, I think they've found their level. I think just a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I sort of thought that was the different form one that I wanted to trust, and that was a mm. you know fast run race. Acosta sort of was supported because they knew that that was going to get the map advantage over Hennessy yeah, Lad, yeah. and uh, no doubt yeah. it would go forward again with that camp. But its last four hundred, two hundred was uh, really poor as well. So it's going to be interesting because the Pericles and the Mr. Maestros have had this 1,400 really nothing run, which is usually a great platform mm. race. But if Acosta really gets this ramped up, are these horses going to be chasing probably at the 700 and 800 when they don't want to be off a really soft yeah. first up run? For slow race. Yeah, correct. That might yeah. be the time. That might be where they get them. And then I'd love to launch Pericles probably third up at 2,000 metres, and that's where I think you get a big platform. But let's see what happens on Saturday. Mm. Let's see. Yeah. All right, race six is the start of the quaddy. It's the group two, Peter Young Stakes, 1,800 metres, weight for age. We see the return of the 2022 Melbourne Cup winner, Gold Trip, $3, Emissary, $4.40, Surefire, $7.50, Numerian, uh, $9, Steinem, $9.50, Young Werther, $10, and Keats, $10 for the mailbag boys, um, and Tyson <laughs> and Adrian. Jules, I just want to quickly start there. We've got a couple of mates who are in the ownership group of Keats. They're trying to get into the All-Star Mile. What have been some of your thoughts oh, around some of the... haven't seen it around the town at all that they were trying to get into. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your thoughts around the campaigning? They've done a great... Yeah, they've done a great job. I mean, I'm fortunate sort of got to meet Dico recently um, just through doing some stuff with Gareth on SEN. And um, I thought, you know, they're doing a great job and hopefully he gets in because, you know, I think the way it sort of sets up, I think a few in the top 10 are falling away. So yep. I think last time I spoke to Dico, it was around about number 11 or 12. So... Hopefully he gets in for the boys and the girls if they're in because um, that'll be a good achievement. I, for his first up run, just by the way, was I thought nothing short of outstanding. And I think I went on air saying, I just can't wait to see this horse again because he's going to be just a bet. Um, I didn't think they were going to aim so high. He's got a domestic rating of 89. He could have been kicking around in a 90 or an 100 or you know in an open handicap on the minimum. And here he's... Uh, wait for age and I understand what they're trying to do I mean you know you've got to sort of be front and centre and they think this is probably actually a winnable race with a few of these going to be soft first up um, hope he runs well uh, I think Hillside will suit him um, if he's come on from first up he's going to be competitive I, I just couldn't work this race out I mean you've got Gold Trip who's clearly the best horse in the race but does he go on a good throw I'm not so sure mm. um, suppose he's they'll probably scratch him yeah, suppose I hope they don't I hope they don't and, and even MS Emissaries was one of the help, amazing prep last uh, prep. You know, he wins a Heatherly first up. He goes and wins a Geelong Cup. And then um, he runs second in a Melbourne Cup, albeit on the minimum. But that's enormous. But it's a long prep as well and not much of a turnaround. But he's a horse that can sprint first up. Um, and I'd say he's probably a horse that's probably pretty wound up, I would have thought. He's got a great turn of foot on his day. Um, so I, I found it tricky because even a horse like Shorefire on his day is very good. Um, Mm. Uh, young Werther I thought was actually pretty good in the pounding race in a fast run race I thought he was 
very good through the line. His second up record is outstanding. I think he's run two Turnbulls in the last two years. And then he just falls off the cliff. He gets third up, fourth up, and they can't obviously keep the work into him. So they can't get a prep out of him. So maybe he's a horse that you need to be with sort of second, third up. Just didn't know where he got to from the map. It just was tricky, and I just didn't want to play because um, it was there was, as we talk about, a lot of variables that we can sort of have a, a good prediction of. I thought these ones I just I just couldn't predict. Nico, yeah, I um, oh, you go first, Will. I, yeah, um, I liked Steinem in this, um, and also Surefire, but I'll start with Steinem. Uh, she ran to a, a new peak in the the Kingston Town, or is it the Northerly? I'm pretty sure actually. Um, anyway. Um, she held that rating at the next start and then um, was slightly unsuited there versus the race shape. Um, I think she's clearly at her best between 16 and 2100 metres. Um, she's sort of been campaigned over the, the shorter distances. I think they've figured her out now. and She's a Frankel, so she, she wants ground now. I think she's got residual fitness only off about 60 days and, and has map favours. I think they'll roll forward. and I, I think if she can run that rating or thereabouts again and catch a couple of the, the classier horses like, um, like Gold Trick, Gold Troop, Emissary and, and Young Werther out. I think she can be winning. And then Surefire um, at an uh, SP about $8.50 in um, uh, in the, the Turnbull there. And he, um, like, it, it was good, unsuited um, from the back of the field with Animo. He brings Animo form into this. And I think he can be a lot more close, a lot closer from um, from Barrier 4 with Jamie Carr on. So, um I thought those were the two. I thought Gold Trip was about a four dollar chance, and Emissary. Emissary, I thought um, he he's, he has got good fresh form, but th- those were coming off three and four prep um, uh, race preparations, and now he come, he's coming off a Melbourne Cup, and I just maybe maybe that'll take the freshness out of him. I don't know. I just sort of like, two small bets. I thought just Steinem and and um, Surefire. Nico, you've got a real angle in this race and it's not with the favourite, it is against the favourite. Do you want to state your case? I've spent so much time on this race getting this right because this is going to sound <laughs> absolutely perfect. All right? <laughs> so the way I dissected this race, punters, you've got two horses in Gold Trip and Emissary that are coming back off Melbourne Cup runs, last start. Both horses have gone through a different pain barrier they have not experienced before on a very quick turnaround. Gold Trip isn't the quickest horse to start with, so he's going to have any zap sort of zapped out of him, I think. Emissary, yes, showed a turn of foot, but that was when he was racing over shorter distances, so I I think both these horses are going to come back slow. Surefire is a horse that I have decided to have a saver on. Um, He ran good... Last start, over 1,400 metres. A step to 1,800 metres is ideal. Jamie Carr goes on, and he's a purely a good track horse. It just, it's just going to come down to whether he wants to try or not. Steinem, I've got question marks on how genuine she is. I don't think she likes to get in a scrap, and she might have to to win this race. So she was one that I was happy to be around. Numerian and Young Werther, will they win about as many races as I do? So the horse that I settled on, obviously, there's probably a bit more of emotion. It's a bit of an emotional bet, but I do really think Keats has a massive chance to win this race. He's either going to lead or sit outside lead of deny knowledge. He's going to be there when the whips are cracking, and he's probably going to look like the winner at the 300. It's just going to need an absolute perfect ride out of Willow, and I honestly think he's a massive chance to potentially pinch this race. There's enough convictions 
whether it is stayers resuming or horses that don't like winning in this race, that he's a massive chance and he's going to give a good sight. So to Tyson, and Adrian and to Dicko and the mailbag boys, I do wish you the best of luck and I am fully behind you. Um, I think this is a genuine race that he can win. Um, and I hope he does because I've got a nice little bet early. But my main bet in this race and nearly my best bet of the weekend is, punters, if you want a bit of $2 a place gold trip, come and get some on the fair. This horse will not be running a place. <laughs> he will not be running a place. So $2 is going up on Betfair tonight. If you want some, come get some. That'll be us. Huge. I did a little case study quickly just for Melbourne Cup um, winners resuming. Of the ten, of the last ten Cup winners, how many horses have come back and won their next start, and who are they? Can anyone answer? Maybe Dunedin. Uh, I think that's just outside the ten year. Oh yes. <laughs> Full credit um, to you, Bot, that you know that though. Oh, very elegant. No. Did she? Oh no, Moonga won that. Well, good day. Um, I but, feel like you, you're building us up that there's zero. <laughs> no, there is two out of ten. Cross County went to Dubai and won over 3,200 metres, so kind of apples to apples, $2.80. And Fiorente resumed in this race the Peter Young and was a $2.15 favourite and won by a nose. So there you go. All the others, um, there's a couple shorter, shortish SPs in there. Um, they couldn't get the job done on their return. And the other important information, piece of information that I left out, go back and have a look at Gold Trip's latest trial. He was given a solid hit out in behind Purse Ann, who dead set looked like Winks, and ran horrible last Friday night. It was going backwards at the 800. So, yeah, no. Nah. Laying it till it hurts. If I had the bank, I'd be laying this horse to win, but I'm just a small bloke just trying to make his way in this game. So I'll just, I'll just lay him the place and... Yeah, I'm pretty confident that there's five or six horses in this race that can at least fill a hole in front of him. That's brilliant. I will say, <laughs> if, if people are unsure what they want to do with this race, and um, I think this race, there's a few races on Saturday where, yeah, you can have a bet early, but this is the race that you actually, the market is going to give you the greatest guide of all time. The last five minutes of this race, I think you can wait and it will tell you because it will either spit out these horses that are resuming it might want to be with it because you've got about five or six of them, even more, that are resuming. So they'll zero in. These big dogs will zero in on the ones that are there and the ones that aren't there. And I think it's probably a race where you don't have to play early, but I think the market will give you an absolute great guide. And people will say, yeah, but I could have got $15 Steinem uh, today. And it and, and, and it's off and it gets to $9. I'd prefer to take $9 about a horse that I'm not sure is going to be there instead of taking the $15 and it ends up being 26 and running accordingly or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, um, I don't know, sort of train yourself to be okay to miss that early price because the market intelligence in a race like this is mm. so beneficial for the punter out there and probably even more so for a horse like Surefire. Waller in Melbourne... There hasn't been any big races in Melbourne yet, but Metro 2023, Waller is one from 27. So he's going 4% versus the market expectation, 14.5%. If Surefire tightens right up, I think you can give that bonus, bonus, bonus. But Because I feel like the big guys might actually spit out Waller for a while until they see something. But um, I think it's important. I think for the punter out there to understand that it's okay to miss the early price on a race like this because... It is just gold, uh, market intelligence on a race like this. 
Jeez, I have the big boy's steam gold trip. I want to have the thrill that he's so short and I'll just lay this horse to place. Oh, that'd be that'd be something else. I hope he gets to $2 a win and I've laid him at $2 to place. That'd be phenomenal. No, that's that's good uh, intel, Jules. I'll quickly go um, last. I'm backing two horses here. They're the two on-speed horses, the two map horses, on, in my opinion. Keats, he's horribly in at weight for age, but if he's ever going to win a race like this, then this is probably his chance. I'm hoping he's not flat after that really after riding that really brutal tempo first up. If he's not, then this will be a lot more controlled tempo and he'll be able to build his revs. Craig will take off at the right time. We know he's a tactical genius. And if he gets it right, then he'll get his chance. The other horse I want to back is Steinem, number 10 for Kieran Maher and David Eustace. Um, this horse is just a dead set dry tracker. So if you're a little bit worried about her last trial, don't be. Um, that was on a soft track, so I'll be forgiving of that. Her trial before was really good. Um, she was awesome in a matriarch riding the speed um, yeah there. they went quick there too she was just collared by the, what was the Waller horse that was absolutely a steamed a tissue was steamed a on tissue. the day and just got past her late but I thought she was really good there she was also really good in the northerly stakes um, and I think 1800 metres is just about her pet trip so Johnny Allen can go forward mm. uh, dry track I think she's a really consistent mare and she could be winning I, I kind of and with Nico, I kind of wanted to take on Gold Trip. Mm. All right, let's go to the Blue Diamond. Some, come get some punters. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the Blue Diamond. Race seven uh, for the two-year-olds over 1,200 metres. Steel City is $4.20 favourite. He's been well-backed. Number one, Barber, five fifty. Brave Halo, seven fifty. The Instructor looks our likely lead at 10 Don Corleone, 10 Little Bros, 11 And Exploring, 12 um, Jules, do you have any intel around map how you think this race might be run it's usually high pressure fast yeah i think it has to be just because i think they'll realize that around this circle forward of midfield is going to be the the place to be um i reckon nikita berryman just about holds the key to this race not from a winning perspective but from one i think she has to kick up if, if they've got any grandeur ideas of winning this race i think she has to lead i don't think she can be neutral from the gates and end up being leaders back or three back the pegs it's just impossible so if she leads and all of a sudden um it creates this i suppose vortex because you've got other horses like the instructor who want to get to outside lead and then everything else is going to push and then you've got these horses wide that have drawn wide like barber in particular gate nine where does it get to does it end up yes it has to roll across does one of its stable mates sort of take the bullet for it uh, so we can get a backside. So I think there's going to be genuine tempo in the race. Um, and it'll be just interesting to see. I, I think, oh, my belief is you're going to have to be in the first five or six. Um, I know we've seen Diamonds before. That's obviously at Caulfield where um, they run out of gas in that last 200 metres and horses get over the top. But just around Lakeside, they just Shanghai off that bend so much that um, I think it's going to be crucial that you're sitting in the first four or five and... Uh, that's how I think it maps, anyway, to begin with. Yep, beautiful. Uh, but I reckon I've never seen you keen on a two-year-old race. But this morning, you, you text us saying, this thing's a $2.80 chance. Take it away. Yeah, um, this is the best thing in a blue diamond since Extreme Choice in 2015. Um, or actually, probably Enthar in, was it 2020? She didn't win anyway. Um <laughs> Uh, so it's still city yeah. um, Kiramar and Dave uses 25 uh, to 28 days between runs third up since the 22nd of February 2022 a 13 from 54 at 15.55% profit on turnover 
and I stole this stat from um, Jackson Oldham, who who does some pretty good stuff on Twitter. But um, Kieran Maher debuts as two-year-olds. Blinkers first time over the past two years. Seven winners from 14 runners. So that's 50% strike rate with a 104% profit on turnover. That is just enormous. Um, they've set this horse up. Uh, it's just such a good bet. Um, sectionally, I think it did too much work early and in the mid-race. Um, it sustained a massive run from the 800 metres. It ran... Um, uh, learning to Fly ran... Um, like it obviously won, but um, Steel City ran a point, point 0.32 of a, um, a second uh, faster than it for its last 800 metres. So that just shows how much, how much work it actually had to do to get into the race. Um, it's got massive SPs um, versus favourites from the Golden Slipper. Gets Shin on from Collar and Jay Allen. No disrespect to them, but I think Shin's the third best jockey in the country. It's a half to September run. I think um, normally in, in the Blue Diamond there needs to be a horse that's going to explode and um, and run a new big peak rating, and I think she's the horse that's going to do it. And then she she gets every single possible chance to do so. I think there's just I think there's just a level on some of these other horses like Barber. I don't think he's much good. I think the map's disgusting for him. Um, Brave Halo, there's been specking for him, but I just don't know about him. Like he's, I think he's he's had a couple stars, and I just I think he's well enough exposed. Like what else is there? VC um, was horrible, and Don Corleone, who's the biggest danger in the field, but like he was so bad um, last night, and that was only about 14 days, two weeks ago. It's just look, I think Steel City will be thereabouts. I think the map is great. Um, I think two dollars ninety looked the right price to me. I think the market will absolutely steam it. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I've, it's the best bet of the day. I think it's a very, 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 very good bet. Well, hey, that is huge from Bok for a two-year-old. I am coming with him. I, I hate two-year-old races, <laughs> but that is such a good bet. I think there's just too many green lights to ignore Steel City. The, I think the only box he doesn't tick is that he's still a maiden. Um, I'm not sure how many maidens have won the Blue Diamond, but. I'm hoping one can win here. As you said, the map's perfect. He gets blinkers on first time. This has been a set play from Marinus's coming down from Sydney. He brings probably the right form lines. Learning to fly is the slipper favourite. Red's resistance is a very good horse as well. Beat King's Gambit. Um, so he's clearly on top for me. The other horse I just wanted to have a small bet on. The map is probably not great, but VC getting back onto a dry track. I thought his debut performance was excellent. I think he's got a really good turn of foot. He loomed up to beat Zolfika last start, but I just think his wheels kind of spun on the wet track. He gets back onto a dry surface. If he can get a nice position on the map somewhere, then I think he can be letting down hard. Um, Don Corleone, if, if you forgave his run last start and look to his debut, then he's probably closer to favourite, but I'm just not sure if I can mm. forgive it. Oh, yeah, can I just go one more time? I've got another horse <laughs> that I'm just having a small bet on. Um, I'm also backing Sensical in the race. I know I've basically just declared Steel City, but I'm backing Sensical as well. She was the only filly to make ground in the Phillies Prelude, um, and she ran the 14th fastest last 100 of the meeting, and it was $26 into $17 there. She's a well-bred filly out of Karuta Queen, um, who's famous for getting smashed up by Black Caviar. I think she's the most likely improver out of the, the Phillies race, and obviously the map is what you're betting against. That's the, the obvious query and it's disgusting but um you're getting a, a very big price to find out about 40 to 1 so uh, i'll have something on her um but um yeah very queen very keen um still city jules nico nico you want to go yeah this is a very hard race fully take no, on everything you've said will <laughs> but let me just tell you this 
I have been on a number of two-year-olds that dead set look like they shouldn't be beat this year, and not one of them has fucking won. So <laughs> it ain't that easy, I can assure you. Full credit to How you. How many it, were on grand final day? Well, that doesn't matter. They've <laughs> still, still got to do it. But you have got everything in your favour for this horse to do it. It's just got to do it. Because I've backed this horse the last two starts and I've been counting my cash halfway through the run <laughs> at two points. And it's then fell out of my hands. So she's still got to go and do it. I've got a lot of respect for Barber in this race. I think he's a proper, proper horse. And when James Cummings talks, I listen. And for them to say this horse is a weapon, I think he's nothing short of. I think everyone is very easy to put the, or very quick to put the pen through the instructor. And I, I think he's the type of horse that has only done what he's been asked to do. I, I, there's obviously a query over 1,200, but I don't think... I think he might be one of those horses that he surprised a few people. Don Corleone, well, he looked like the second coming after his debut win and then failed miserably last start. He was one of those in uh, the case in point that I was talking about, Will, that went by the wayside. Um, <laughs> I don't have a firm opinion in this race, but I'm not going to keep talking because I'm going to grey everyone up, but Kraken Race three or four things that I like I'm going to try and make them a result somehow um, but it might be a good race just to sit back and enjoy Jules um, two year olds for me are usually no go except for one thing when they get to the grand final because I've seen all the form and I love betting into the diamond not so much the slipper because I think there's where tracks get involved and it becomes again a little bit tricky but I've, I've always loved betting into the diamond because you see everything ahead of you and then you can make your decision and um I don't think I've ever been as confident going into a diamond. Maybe I have been, but this I'm with Will here. I think Steel City is just uh, an, an amazing bet. I mean, I haven't got a short as short as Will. I mean, I'm sort of about that 350, 360 mark. Um, but I think it's going to be heavily supported. I, I just can't see how it, it's not. The two Sydney runs are you know, well documented. They're just better form lines, I think, than, than what we've got down here. It sits... Clearly the first five or six. I will say the the one slight knock I have is Blinkers' first time. This horse half missed the start yeah, last start, start and had yeah, to hunt yeah. up. Now, they would have done yeah. some work with this horse. There's no doubting that. Um, if it misses the start, it's game over. Don't think it's going to have this miracle run and be able to win because it's going to end up back four rail. And you're not going to win a blue diamond from there. You're just not. So Blake Shin is going to have to be at his best from the gates. If he is and he can get this filly to settle in the first four or five, I think she wins the race, especially around Lakeside. Um, I think she'll be dominant, to be honest. Um, and that's the way where I see it. So I think there's other chances in the race, little chances, but when you're having a bet and you, and you mark it, you know, I've got it 350, 360, and I think there's still 420 or 440 out there, um, you've got to bet with confidence into that race, whether it be two-year-olds, three-year-olds, or older horses. We've seen the form lines. We can make the decision up from that, and she's a bet every day of the week for me, Steel City. Huge stuff. Huge stuff. All right. Two to go. The Futurity Stakes is race eight. 1,400 metres. Group one weight for age. I'll read out the full market because that's what it deserves. I'm Thundershark. 310. Alligator Blood. 360. Mr. Brightside. $5. Nugget. 550. Myron Bron. $11. Mr. Mozart. $14. And Aegon. $18. This is probably the, the last main lead up. I know it's a target race of group one, but it's probably the main last main lead up before the $5 million all-star mile. Uh, what are our thoughts? D-Day. You go... F- yeah. It's D-Day for I'm Thunderstruck. Nowhere to hide anymore. I've had enough. 
You need to step up and prove yourself. Like, it's easy to look good in behind Animo and say you run second Animo, this and that. But how about it's time for you to step up on the podium and say, yeah, I'm a, I am the second best way for H horse in this country. He's going to have no... There's no excuses. I don't want to hear any rubbish on Saturday. He's going to get the... He should get the 1-1 from where he is. This horse can settle closer one, in one. the run like they think. There's no excuses. Nowhere to hide. If you're any good, you'll just come here and win. Alligator blood has to be a risk or vulnerable first up. I know he's from a good stable that you you don't doubt their fitness, but he's going to be peaking in the All-Star Mile second up. They've made that plan pretty clear, hence why he didn't run in the oar. Um, yeah, there's a few horses in this race that are making up the numbers. And if I'm Thunderstruck, can't beat Mr. Brightside, well, that says enough for me. There's no doubt he's the best horse in the race. So... When you look at a race and you just clearly go, who's the best horse in the race? You go, I'm Thunderstruck. He just is. Being the best horse in the race, as I've said many times, is it doesn't mean too much if the map doesn't work for you. I, the map is so important here. And I, I get your point, Nick, that you think he gets the 1-1. But I'll break, you break this down and you go, Alligator Blood leads. There is no doubt that Mr. Brightside from that middle peg sits outside Alligator Blood. They're here to win the race. They're not first up. They had to take their medicine bad gate, let's finish off, that's fine. Now, go time, get this horse back winning, they sit outside Alligator Blood. Then the trick comes. Mr. Mozart's got gate speed from gate one. He sits leaders back. It's just, that's a given. And my gut feel is, Nugget was ridden pretty warm in the oar, and he's inside Thunderstruck, and I think they be positive and get the 1-1. Now, if they get the 1-1, and Thunderstruck's got two options, Jamie goes, well, I want to be three wide. Absolutely not. So she has to snag back and end up on the back of Nugget, then all of a sudden she's a pair back from Brightside and Alligator Blood and got to reel them in on a dry deck around um, Lakeside. I think that's a mighty task. And look, I've marked him favourite, but I'm backing Mr. Brightside because I think that's where the value lies. Um, I just think he, he's not a good, as good a horse as I'm Thunderstruck. I accept that. But I just think from the map, he sits outside Alligator Blood. I agree with you, Nick. I think you're bang on. I reckon... As an older horse and with Gay, he's shown that he just needs one first up. He always runs well because he's such a competitive beast and he puts himself in the right spot. But I think he'll be soft in that last 100 metres, which gives the opportunity for Mr Brightside to get the march on Thunderstruck. And there's no doubt Thunderstruck will be charging. I absolutely get that. But around this track, I just think Brightside gets his opportunity. Um, If he doesn't beat him now, he'll never beat him. And that's just on the thing that I think Thunderstruck doesn't get the 1-1. Might be very different if Thunderstruck gets the 1-1 because he can creep. Uh, Jamie can creep him whenever she sort of wants to get him moving and rolling into the race. But if he ends up on the back of Nugget, I think he's in a world of hurt. Yeah, I um, when I did the... Uh, I sort of... Um, after the... Uh, what was it called? The, the awe um, yeah. last start. Because uh, I, I watched the replay... Um, Thunderstruck jumps about a quarter of a length clear of anything I said after that if he draws inside go, I'm just going to back him wherever he goes and get him as short as possible but the map's just I don't know the, it's a small field if it was a big field I'd be very very happy to be with Thunderstruck but it's a small compact field I don't think there's going to be much speed on it I think it's just going to be gross I just don't want to bet in this race I think the the, the, um, the form's just so well exposed I just I think there's only going to be an edge late and if there is then I don't think it's going to be much. So I'd probably rather just not bet here. If if the wink... They, they took the winkers off um, uh, on right side last time 
and he was obviously no intent back. Like if they put the blinkers on uh, the winkers on White's bright side again, I'd probably be with Mr. Brightside too. But I just would have loved to see that that extra bit of intent. I can um, assure you, mate. Without no. without the winkers, I know they will go forward. They, I promise yeah. you, they'll sit outside alligator yeah. blood. Yep. Huge. Uh, I've got to declare my hand. I'll have a think about it then. <laughs> I have backed I'm Thundershark and Alligator Blood both all in, so I've got, I got enough of a price to be able to back them both for a result. Um, I think it's a tricky one because Alligator Blood is probably the one, or he's definitely the one that will be better suited at 1,400 metres and on the lake side. He's only first up. I'm Thundershark, I think, will come on greatly from his last uh, start performance. I'll give the, the other... I'll give both Noonans a shout-out. Nico Noonan um, pretty much said this horse wasn't ready to go in the yard first up. He said he sweated up and he walked poorly, and you could see that evident in the run. He ran the sixth fastest last... Sorry, he ran the sixth fastest last 200 metres of that race. When do you ever see I'm Thunderstruck do that? Not often. So I think he's going to come on from that, but I would have just loved if this was 1,600 metres like it was last preparation when he ran down Alligator Blood in the Maccabi Diva. So I'm a little bit grey which one is better suited and which one to tip on top. So I'm probably just not going to have a tip in the race. I'll take your points on Mr. Brightside. He's going to get the, the gun run up on speed. And, and if Alligator Blood is a little bit vulnerable, then he'll be right there. But I do think the class lies with the top two. Yeah. Oakley Plate, race of the day. All right. Oakley Plate, race nine, 5.40pm, 1,100 metres out of the chute as 4 or 5.50, IME, $6, King of Sparta, 8 Chain of Lightning, 8. Uh, Star Patrol, 9. Uh, Uncommon James, 10. And Lofty Strike, 10. We know they're going to go fast. Uh, any thoughts around the map, quickly, Jules? Um, Jamie's got a decision to make with IME. Does she be super aggressive and try and hold the lead? Or does she give up the lead and end up leaders back? Or something even more awkward? So, again, probably sort of a bit similar to Nikita in the Diamond. They've got to make a decision from this gate one because... Um, it can be your greatest asset to have, but can also be an unbelievable weakness if if you become neutral and all of a sudden you're three-back rail because you just need um, the heaven to open up. Look, we sort of know, especially coming out of the shoot, I think there's going to be horses that are going to have no issue sitting wide and being forward. It's just that's the way it is. So there's going to be genuine tempo, um, plus the northerly behind them, and they're going to run really fast times. The only other thing I'll say about the map is if you're backing inside horses, factor into your pricing that there's probably going to be one or two gaps and five horses. So if you're saying, well, I want to back this horse because it's drawn gate three and I think it gets the right run, well, a horse in gate two and gate one are pretty good horses as well. And, of course, gate four and five is only one that's going to fit through that gap. So factor that into your prices. Maybe it's going to be one of those horses that can blend in from out wide. I'm not too sure um, what's going to happen later in the day. But... I do know that it is an absolute belter of the race, and um, I've marked it nine dollars the field. So uh, that's how wide it is. I don't think there's ever been a race, uh, even with Melbourne Cups, that I've been able to price that has been so deep. Mm. Huge. Yeah, it's a great race. What, what did you think? What, what did you like in this? If oh, you like anything, like, and that's the thing. I, I like. I like. I like six or seven of them. So it's a no bet race yeah. for me because um, I can't back five or six because I could still miss. Um, that's how good of a race. I, I, I can sort of pen probably the first, the top one, two, three, four. Uh, I think King of Sparta's going well and could win. He'd surprise me, but he could still win. I've marked him around the market price. Um, I've got a massive opinion of Uncommon James. I've marked him a little bit shorter than the market, but do I still want to back him? Probably not. 
Asfura and I and me are the two that I've marked a bit bigger than what the current quotes are. Both mm. legitimate, very good racehorses, but that five fifty six dollars they're just a little bit skinny for me. As I said, marked them sort of around that $9 mark, so I don't see any value there. The one I probably had a little bit shorter than the market, and then I just need you guys to confirm, is Star Patrol definitely got glue on shoes for first time? Yep, I saw that. I wasn't... Yeah, yeah. It's the biggest grey up ever. Yeah, I mean, the stats around it, and you can read into them or not, but um, I did some numbers, you know, it's minus 70% on the return on investment, and even if you drill down into horses under $5, it's about the same. Um, you know, wind strike rate's around 3% under, $5 is about 8%. So it's a low percentage play, um, and that's just purely that. I think this racehorse is, could be anything, to be honest. Star Patrol on a big track and a dry track. He gives me some really scary vibes, the numbers he can run. But I just uh, I just hate that sort of setup for him with the glue on shoes. So obviously there is an issue, whatever it is, but they're still happy to run. And horses can still win this. I'm not suggesting he can't win this race. He can. But when you're having a bet, you want to sort of have everything in your favour. Um, and that's just a slight concern for me. But uh, going to be fascinating. I'm going to be fascinated to see what the market does. I, I've got an opinion that I think the big guys, and in particular the big guy that sort of bets in Australia, is going to launch one. Um, I unfortunately don't know what that is yet, but I just think he's going to be able to pick <laughs> the eyes out of the race so well and go crunch. And so I think there's going to be heaps of activity in the race. Um, doesn't mean his horse is going to win by any any stretch of the imagination because they're all pretty close together. But uh, really looking forward to it. It's just unfortunate that I can't sort of narrow one down to have a bet. But um, re- yeah, really excited for this. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I thought there was the three horses that I kind of wanted to play around. I thought 15 Star Patrol, I would mark him favourite. Um, I thought his first up win here at Sandown was excellent. That was over 1,000 metres. Now gets to 1,100 metres, which is uh, suitable. Some of the numbers he's been running, Jules, as you said, is unbelievable. And he gets in on 52 kilos, which is a luxury for a horse I think could could end up being a weight-for-age group one sprinter. Um, I'm not wrapped about the glue-on glue shoes at all, but... I would still have him as the favourite. I'm with the closers here. The other two are Uncommon James and Lofty Strike. They come out of the same form line. Uh, Lofty Strike, he produced an unbelievable final 200 metres to win last start. Um, it's really good to see Julius Sandu has a good horse in his hands. Um, and then Uncommon James, I think he'll improve a lot second up. He should appreciate a, a better tempo. I think he's probably a little bit better, 1,200 metres and possibly even 14, but... With an Oakley plate, he'll get his chance. Um, Barrier 14, I'm not really worried about that out of the shoot. He'll just be able to blend into the race. But yeah, those are the kind of the three that I wanted to be with. I think they'll all make their runs down the outside, down the middle of the track off the fast tempo, and I think that's the recipe you need to win this race. Yep. I've got a few bets in this race. Um, I had a very good bet incoming for Star Patrol before King's Gambit got beat. His second start, so that's it. Pull its tail now, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows me and the lovely oh. relationship I have with Mick D. So he dead set wins another Group One. I'll dead set right. <coughs> so the main bet in this race I'm having is Uncommon James. He was very good last start. He's going to improve second up, which he's unbeaten. Loves a good deck. He's seen Sandown. I think he's definitely going to improve. Is worth noting, punters, if you don't listen to as much information as I do. Henry Dwyer did state that the Oakley Plate 
distance, like with the, the new winning post, it's all uphill that last 80 metres, so it's a strong 1100. So it's not necessarily your 1100 that you'd get at, uh, at Caulfield. So you've sort of got to be able to run a strong 1100, strong 1200. There's going to be plenty of speed here. I think Uncommon James is going to appreciate the four and a half, four and a half kilo weight drop. Um, bit, a bit annoyed that Brownie couldn't ride. He's riding as good as anyone, and I was very happy to see him booked. But with Rock and Horse He's in the, the race best at the moment, with Rock and Horse coming in the race, she's stuffed the weight scale, and Brownie's unable to ride. So they've flown in Benny Thompson, which is, is a pretty handy replacement. The two other horses that I'm going to back at a big price. I never thought I'd be backing this horse again, but if he dead set brings his best form, which is a massive question mark if he can bring that form, but he's one for one in Melbourne around a bend. And if he bought the form that saw him nearly win an Everest on a good deck, Mars Crusader would dead set smack this field. There's just a massive question mark whether he still wants to be a racehorse. That is the underlying question. Two from two. He, hey. won Corf- he won at Caulfield and then he won the William Reid. So I reckon he's two from two around a bend in Melbourne. Mm, good point. Well, there you go. Mm. Two from two. Even better. Get yeah. on, punters. I, th- I, just, I just don't think he's a $30 chance. Like, he could be around that $10 mark and I, $10, $15 mark, and I wouldn't wouldn't blink. There's a massive question mark, but there's going to be speed on speed here. He's going to have a 500 metre straight. I know Jules has harped on about you sort of want to be forward of midfield, but. We all know what happens in an Oakley plate. They could cut each other up in front, and he's going to be there. If he's got any bit of heart left in that chest of his, I think he's going to have any every chance to run home and run home strong, and who knows? He might shy away from the winning post because that's what he's done a lot of his career, but if he can pull out one last time, I think $30 is, is very big. And Even though he was well-handled last time, I've got a massive opinion on Marine 1. He's a bit of a negative, negative jockey change, but I think Harry Coffey is more than capable um, at his job and I I would imagine that he had improvement to come second up after being off a, a layup of a year so yeah I'm going to have those sort of three bets at $10 $26 and $30 and and watch a very good race but yeah I think there's enough question marks on the horses at the front end of the market Uncommon James is the horse that I know can do it and yeah, there's two horses that are probably over the odds, but I'm probably going to cop it for a tip of Mars Crusader and full credit. Come at me. He could <laughs> run like shit, but he's a $30 chance and his best is good enough to win this race, so I'm happy to bet. Yeah, um, Star Patrol, just perfect setup. He's, um, I think he's run the necessary rating he needs to win this on multiple occasions under the handicap scale at least, and, and probably the best first up bridging run um, into this race. I love him drawn in the middle out of the chute so he can sort of blend into the race without rushing and to find an early position like he would have to at Caulfield. Um, he's obviously a much better horse at, like, at a Flemington and a Sandown rather than a, a Caulfield or a Mooney Valley. He's got a big action, so it's never going to suit him. So he's, he's very, very lucky that um, what these sorts of races are at Sandown this year. Anyway, second up of 25 days, he ran a rating that I think would win this and has a very, very similar setup here off was it 30 days I think um, I think he's a clear top pick should be about $6 I thought but the thing is I don't think the market will smash him purely because of the 
uh, the shoes going on. So that's just a, a massive grey up for me. But I'm happy to just bet us. I know it's it's. I, I like to work off stats, and it's a horrible. But but I, he's just he's just gone to the level I think needed to multiple times, and I think he gets a perfect setup to do it. Um, and the other horse going to be backing is Uncommon James. The market has an enormous opinion on him. He's a lightly raced horse, and I think he's he's still capable of running a massive spike, and um, and especially off his first start run. Um, yeah, it's obviously a slight query with the jockey coming down from Queensland, but um, he's ridden him three times um, for three winners, so there's you can't go wrong with winning form, I guess. So um, that that's how I'll be betting in the Oakley Plate. It's a really good race, and um, hopefully we'll be winning. Beautiful. That is Sandown wrapped up. Um, that's gone a fair while. And we don't want it to go for two hours, so we'll quickly go to Randwick and we'll just say we'll just read out our, our few bets. We won't preview the races, or else this podcast will go on forever. Um, soft six at the moment. Rail is in the three meter position. It'll probably get back to a good track at some stage with the good weather. Um, I thought race four, Glory Days for Kiramar and David Eustace. Uh He hasn't run a big figure yet, but I don't think he's been afforded the opportunity to yet I think he can improve again he gets James McDonald from a perfect draw 2,000 meters I think he's a very promising horse um, the sweet embrace between skirt the law and Blanc the Blanc I think that's a really tricky race I'm not sure if I've got an opinion there just yet um, but then race seven and race eight I'm pretty keen to take the Godolphin double again in secret hopefully Hugh Bowman is okay to ride the horse I think she will prove too good um, I know her first up performance didn't rate, rate anything huge, but she still ran the fastest last 200 metres of the race in the inferior ground. She has a second um, to Jack and O over 1,400 metres in the Golden Rose, so that's good enough for me. I think she'll be winning, and I think Animo will just prove too good again. Gets the 1-1, draws barrier 3, and it's just a dead set repeat of last up. Yeah. That horse is the most the bit that that horse has been kissed on the dick so many times. Like he just draws the perfect gate every single time. Uh, yeah, I, I just I think I, like the thing with Animo is I don't think he's a much better horse than a horse like I'm um, Thunderstruck, but he just just gets the perfect scenario every single time, and, that, and that's basically because he puts himself on speed. And that's the key. You know why you don't? You no, go, Nico. Go, 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 go for it, man. You know why you don't like Animo, Bob? Is because he doesn't no, win do. by a margin. So you blokes who are computer <laughs> nerds, he never puts, he never smashes fields. So you're not going to like him, and that's why you don't think it. He's a genuine dollar twenty chance in this race. He's going to find the one one. He's beaten up on all these horses for the past two years, and the stats don't lie. When he finishes, in, when he settles in the first six, he's unbeatable. He's a genuine dollar twenty chance. Punters, just go and have a piece of dollar eighty. Gamble responsibly, one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. But that's still fantastic. It hurts. You know Seriously, that number. <laughs> um, I've listened. I've listened to SEN enough times to know. Oh, this is a run, running uh, ad. <laughs> this, um, this is potentially Animo's second last run in Australia, guys. He's. You're not gonna like. We're gonna miss this horse when he's gone. You're getting a dollar eighty about a dead set champion. Yes, he doesn't win by a margin, but horses just don't run past him. Like, he's just yeah. the easiest bet in the world to have. Yeah, I, th- I think you make a really good point, is that you could get him when he was a two- and three-year-old because he was worse than midfield. So, full, um, huge, huge credit to this team to be able to get this horse to change the way he comes out of the gates and be able to settle, wait for age racing to settle in the first four or five because now he becomes... He, he was always a line chaser. He was always a horse that was always going to attack the line. He has been since day dot. Um, that they needed to find in a weight for age race, they needed to find the high percentage play with him, and they have. 
they've been able to do that. The, the, the way you see James riding from the gates is fascinating for me because he really attacks an aggressive on him that says you need to mm. get into that position because Animo probably would love to just fall out and be neutral. Um, James <laughs> is right last start. Correct, he's right up such him. Such a ride. Yeah, he's right up him, and and that probably gets forgotten a little bit because he just gets to that spot and then we go, okay, well, he's never they're never going to get past him. But there's a lot of work that goes into a horse to be able to change their um, you know early pattern of, of racing, and I think that's probably been the best training part of Animo uh, for me to be able to see that and. You're right, he's just beating the same lot over and over again because they can't, A, get past him, and B, doesn't the ones aren't good enough to have tactical advantage. I'm a massive fan of Hinged. I, I don't know where she gets to. I don't know what her best distance is. I don't know what her best race is. I think probably <laughs> the Caulfield Cup last year would have been a great race for her, but you know, they didn't decide to go that path. But she's going to be in front of him. Uh, you know, At the each-way price, she might run a race. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with Nick. He's just... He's, he's, he's just become bomb-proof. Um, Especially but I also when he agree with in the first six. And that's the thing. But I also agree with Will is that he never has done a massive number that you go, he deserves... He's not going to start... Like, if you look at the numbers of these big horses like the Zarkis and the Winxes, they did start at those prices. Winx probably an outlier. But Zaki was starting a dollar thirty and a dollar thirty-five because he was putting big numbers up. Numbers that Animo would never get to. Those Brisbane numbers, which we clearly have seen, are just an island now for Zaki that he's never, ever going to go back, get back to. We might not ever see him on the racetrack again, but mm. that's why he starts those those short prices and Animo doesn't, but there's a difference. Animo keeps winning and Zaki doesn't. So um, read into that what you will, but uh, mm. he's just become a, a... He was always a real racehorse, and now he's a real racehorse that's got a lot of group ones next to his name. <laughs> How do you think he'll measure up off-topic? How do you think he'll measure up overseas, Jules? Um... I don't know. Like I don't know what their what their aim is with him. Is it a two thousand meter race against the absolute elite? I, I think would he's say... going to go to the Queen Anne, the yeah, which is the absolute Scott. elite over yeah, a mile. Yeah. So I is think... it the absolute elite? Like who, who's who's yeah. a world beater in world racing at the moment? Yeah, and and I and I that's not in my realm to to know. But um, if there was a quality sixteen hundred meter horse out there, I think he would struggle against them. I think he's a, a beauty racehorse, no doubting that. Absolutely. But he's he's not the best that we've produced in Australia. Let's let's be sure. I mean, I think I think so. You think probably a better racehorse, um, probably before your time, boys. But he was an absolute belter of a horse. He obviously won two Cox Plates and and won plenty of races over in in the UK as well. So um, mm. I'd have so you think ahead of him. But um, probably Animo's probably won more Group One. So there's that. It's, it's an opinion based game anyway, isn't it? And that's why we meet at the marketplace and all decide what we want to do and and. And uh, have a fun, have fun uh, doing that. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. an absolute ripper. All right, we'll go out wide. Any bets around the country or outside of the country? I'll just got two in Chartin on Sunday. First of those is race three, Beauty Eternal, Quick Trumpet. I said this horse was a Group One horse after his debut, and I haven't changed my opinion of that. His last two wins have been outstanding. He jumps up to Class Two company. He draws Barrier Two for Zach Purton. Uh, we've seen his developed tactical speed, so he can sit up there and destroy. Um, better opposition this time around and then in race 7 we see the clash between Romantic Warrior and Golden 60 over 2,000 metres look Golden 60 is my absolute favourite horse and over 1,600 metres it's always advantage Golden 60 but over 2,000 metres I think Romantic Warrior can beat him Um, his win in the Hong Kong Cup was outstanding it raided through the roof and getting back to 2,000 metres is probably advantage him the market has seen it that way so there's, there's no spoil at the price but I'll have him on top 
Anyone else got anything out wide? Full credit to you, Benny, that you've been able to separate emotion and being a fan out of your betting there. Something that I've never mastered and probably never will. So I already know what's going to happen. I know that we're going to get a heavy aid on TJ Smith Day. Nature Strip's going to be there. I'm, I'm going to go one last time because you write the champ off at your own peril and I already know how it's going to go. But just the one from me um, going over to New Zealand, Ataki Race 7 is the clash between the two star mares, Levante and Le Creek. Um, I'm siding with Le Creek, who's drawn barrier four. She should get a pretty cushy run up in front. We're just on weather watch. I think there is a little bit of rain, but as long as it's not a proper deluge like they have had over there lately, I think Le Creek will sustain a margin that Levante won't be able to pick up. You can get about the $2.90, $3 mark. Uh, one of the good judges that I like listening to for all things New Zealand racing is Mick Gear, and he thinks we might get closer to four dollars than three. So um, that will be very, very nice if that's the case. But yeah, I'm pretty happy to side with Lee Creek um, before she potentially comes over for the Coolmore. Is the plan? Go on to Sydney. Yeah. Uh, Jules and Will, do we have anything? Any other bets before we get into Nico's new no. segment? No. Um, just one at Mooney Valley tomorrow night. It might not get a run because it's an emergency, but Smashing Eagle in the last. Oh, yeah. It's a fair I horse. was there at Bendigo. Yeah, it's yeah. ran some really good time there. So, yeah. as I said, it might not get a run, but it's really well placed there, and I think it's a horse that you can follow with a bit of confidence. Um, Smashed the clock. Yeah, absolutely did. So, um, I think it's one you keep because sort of ran inside standard and was best last 400, 200 of the day by about a quarter of a second. So they're the ones that I love. You don't you don't see that too often for them to be able to do that. So they're keepers. So um, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing that horse if it runs tomorrow night. But as I suggested, it's fourth emergency and I think only one's out at the moment. So it might uh, face another day somewhere, but um, watch out for it. One to keep mm. an eye on. Nico, what have you got for us? What are we doing a best bet? Multi and uh, something else? Yeah, so we might even... We'll start off with uh, best bet. I am going with Animo. I've, for the smart shoppers out there, uh, the Racing Previous Faithful, we did lock in about $2.25, which was still available on Sunday, mind you. There was no spoils there, so I don't know what they were thinking. Um, but $1.80, I, I still think there's a dollar eighty or so available. I think he's a genuine dollar twenty chance. And I'm going to bet accordingly. Um, so, yeah, it's on par with uh, laying gold trip to place. Those are my best bets on Saturday. Sweet. Mine will be in secret. I think the filly will be too good in the Group 1 surround stakes. Hopefully Hugh Bowman gets up for the ride. I think better than even money is uh, a good enough price. She maps really well. Soft track, dry track, doesn't really matter. Um, and she'll be hard to beat in the new market after that as well. Still see... Jules, best bet, Jules. Shuffle Dancer. I'm having a good bet, Shuffle Dancer, and I'm having a very, very good bet, um, Steel City and the Blue Diamond. Huge. Beautiful. All right, well, we'll do the next, yeah. the new segment that we're going to introduce. We'll have a stinger for it next week, but uh, <laughs> the new segment is called Back, Lay, and Pray. So we're going to go through our back is obviously our best bets, which we've already gone through. Our lay of the day, so get a favourite beat. You don't necessarily have to lay it, but there's some uh, horse that you think is vulnerable. And prey is going to be our best each way bet 
which has to be a minimum of ten dollars or more. So we're still on this. So room. while you boys sort of think of that, I'll go with my lay is obviously gold trip the place. And my prey is gonna be Art Zeno is my best each way bet of the day. I think Barber's the best lay of the day. I don't think it's I think it's a sort of twelve dollar chance or Oh than... that's brave of you laying a five dollar chance. <laughs> what, what what else is there? You absolute hero. I'll I'll, I'll lay at the place then. I'll, I'll lay I'll lay Barber the place. All right, That's my lay better. is going to be in the Liverpool City Cup at Randwick Race 9. Look, it's hard to knock a winner, but I think this is just too big a step up for Think About It. I think $4 around $3.90, I think that's a little bit short. I'll be, I think Quantico and Gravina um, should be favourites in front of him. So that's my lay. Um, and then my best each way, you could you could throw it at something in the open <coughs> plate, but outside of Steel City, I thought VC could run a, a real big race in the Blue Diamond. I think he'd be steaming home late. He's 20-1. to 1. Um, I think I'll be including him in my exotics. Uh, Lay Pericles, um, much to your boy's chagrin. And <laughs> uh, the one I'm happy to have possibly something at a bit of a price, Sebenac, back to a dry track. Beautiful. Well, but, I'll, I'll back... Um, I guess Star Patrol probably counts as the, the prey then, so I'll go him. It's not Sweet. double figures. Or is it ten dollars? It's ten dollars. No, we'll no boosts. <laughs> no, it's ten dollars. You can get ten dollars. I think oh, you can well, get ten dollars out there okay. somewhere. We'll let it qualify. You won't be able to get ten dollars at Foxcatcher. Tell you that we're looking after that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's for safe. sure. Keeping it safe. All right. Just to quickly wrap up, I've just got a couple of questions, Jules. Uh, we've probably got more questions than we've ever had, but I'll just read out some of the better that ones. Hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Warrior on Twitter says, "How do you get a start in the industry, um, and how long did it take you to get to the point?" where you thought you could make a living from launching your own service? Well, um, I'll start with the back-end bit. I've never actually launched a service, so I've never, I've never actually sold any product. Obviously, now we, with James Jordan, we obviously run Foxcatcher, and that's our bookie, a bookmaking um, business, but never actually uh, sold anything from a tipping perspective. I always just punted myself, and, and that was it. Um, Industry start, got very lucky a long, long, long time ago. It's, 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 I'm four or five, I've lived a few different lives and um, I got very lucky to work under Greg Carpenter at the Race of Victoria handicapping section. And I was there for, you know, nearly nine years, I think, and then got, again, really lucky, right time, right place to become a form analyst for sports bet and, and focusing on Victoria and, and sort of punted and traded for them. So, um, been blessed to work with some outstanding people that, you know, for anyone out there who wants to get into the game or um, has an interest, it is so important to just be a sponge. And and whether you even disagree with their information that you're getting, it all just builds up and then you do what you want to do, how it works for you. So you've got to run to, to your own beating of your own drum, absolutely. But if you can get the ear of as many as you consider smart people as as you can, uh, it is just invaluable, especially in this game. Even just little bits you might pick up that you're just having a chat and you might be talking about something else, but they'll just mention something and just go, oh, that's interesting. And then you take it with you. So um, I've just been very lucky to, to work with some um, amazing people and I've sort of lived with that ethos that if anyone ever is to ask me, you know, I get DMs, you know, occasionally or people just, you know, randomly run into me and ask, I'm more than happy to help. And um, I just think the more people we have betting on racing, the better because at the moment the game sort of needs uh, blokes like yourselves that are interested because it's a lot easier to bet on sport head to head it's just A versus B and it's much easier but this is a really 
um, intrinsic game uh, with so many different you know elements to it that it's 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 great to be a part of and it can be a massive head fuck and and all that <laughs> kind of thing. But that's why we love it because if it was easy, uh, I don't think it would be as popular as what it was, what it is. So um, we'd all be living on islands. Yeah, correct. Still uh, punting. Yeah. Um, so no, it's a ripper game. Been very lucky, but yeah, that was the start. Racing Victoria handicapping under under Carps, who's now in Hong Kong, and uh, he was great for me. Probably more from a health, uh, human element. Um, probably you know taught me a lot of things that you know I probably did a lot of things wrong. Uh, with how <laughs> we I live and, and probably still do that. But um, anyway, it's, it was it was good. It was good times. <laughs> the next one is from Stu. He's got a lot of love for you. For you. Love Jules. One of the best <laughs> analysts going around. Um, he just wants. Well, to know. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> no, there's no catch. He goes. Uh, just want to explain pro- proportional staking quickly uh, for a max return on investment. Do you want to just explain proportional staking? Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. Um, I suppose proportional staking is you're taking in the price. So when you're having a bet, I think there's probably two ways you can have a bet, and that's level staking versus proportional staking, probably. And a lot of people you use. Uh, proportions of their bank or, or, or units and all that kind of stuff but in very layman terms um, you know level staking as we know is you're just having $50 for example on every horse so I'm having $50 on a horse at $2 I'm also having $50 on a horse at $26 for me it just makes no sense if the $2 horse wins and the $26 horse, $26 horse loses which maths is telling you will happen you walk away <laughs> out of the end of the day with nothing, you walk away chopped completely out. Uh, you know, so um, you know you get your money back, but that's irrelevant. You found a horse that theoretically you thought was a better chance than a fifty percent chance, and yet you're having the same amount on uh, that it's got a four percent chance of winning. So proportional staking is again using a very simply simple example. You want to win a hundred dollars, um, you'd be having a hundred dollars on a horse at two dollars. You want to win a hundred dollars every time. So at $5, you have $25 on it. At $11, you have $10 on it. And at $26, you'd have $4 on it. Now, a lot of people find that really hard to get through. That If I find a $26 pop, I end up only winning 100 bucks on it. They probably don't want to do that. But you've got to understand it is from the perspective of trying to you know, be in this game for a long time because you chew through your bank outside of that. The other thing I talk about with proportional staking, which I think is the most important, is when you run stats. If you're running trainer stats, jockey stats, those kinds of things, I think it always has to come back to market expectation. And the reason why I'm always concerned about return on investment or POT, profit on turnover, if it's used with level staking is, if you've got a horse, a jockey, who rides a 20 to one pop, immediately those stats go through the roof. It doesn't tell me that 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 jockey's riding any better than anything else. You need to always marry it up to what the price of every selection is in the sample um, to really see that. So that's why when I run my stats, they're always uh, the win strike rate versus the market expectation, and that's just every price um, of that selection, you know, divided by how many how many is in the sample, and you work from there. So price is obviously, as we all know, just a percentage of the chance of the horse winning. So $2.50, 40% chance working off 100%. So you multiply them all up. I've done that in a really long way, but that's how I'm trying to justify the fact that just be very careful. I say this to everybody, be very careful of looking at stats when they're level staking because it will always slant to big numbers. Um, and you just got to be careful with that because the outliers can really skew it and it doesn't show a great reflection of 
where they are versus the horses they're riding. Oh, that's or training or training or any perspective like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Jake Riccardi says, no question, just passing respect from the GWS Giants Punters Club. So you've got some uh, fanboys <laughs> in the AFL. You oh, that's great. Football <laughs> should come bet- they should start come betting with me. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of cash. No, I appreciate it. that. I appreciate that. It's um that's that's good. Awesome. Mitchell Cashmore says, um, as a budding form analyst, uh, how do you get in how do you get a start into the business? You probably already answered that. Um, but yeah, what's your best advice for someone trying to start out and try and get into the industry? I suppose the the key thing is um, find what you like to do. So don't do it because your mates do it or don't do it because like if you find something that works for you so if that means you're just betting into maidens in western victoria do it because that'll be your edge and i can assure you probably if you did that you'd probably have it to yourself and you might make more money do not be worried about oh i've got to have a tip in the group ones or whatever if you've got the passion you've got to understand that you really want to drill down into it so um, i think a lot of people love horse racing and love having a punt and that's great and if you want to be fair income about it you have to spend a lot of time on it, as you boys would know. And you've got to really want to do it because it can be hard. It's long hours. I mean, if if you take a shortcut in a race, I can assure you right now, you might find a winner occasionally, but eventually you'll be living under a breach. So you actually have to put so much time and effort into it that it can be detrimental to other things you do. Hence why you just sort of turn into an alcoholic or something, but, and that's fine <laughs> as well. But... Um, you've got to, You've got to have passion for it, and if you've got passion for it, then find your. Then you've got to find your little edge and find something that you think works for you. Don't be worried about outside noise of what you should be doing, because it's big races. I should be tipping into a group one. You don't have to. If it doesn't work for you and you don't make money off it, stop it and find what you do make money on, um, and do it that way. And, and and to be honest, just ask as many people as you think you're annoying them, but I, sh- I can assure you. Um, people actually enjoy helping other people in the industry because uh, it's it's a good game to be in. Um, and I yeah I would really encourage people to not be afraid of asking people that you think are good judges or they might be able to help you out in some other areas or whatever it might be to get a start because you just never know what that door might open to. So um, if you don't ask, you'll never that you you'll never get told. So um, just be open so to everything. So good. All right, second last one before we wrap up. Daniel Jackson, I said I'd answer his question. So he's, yeah, I said I'd ask his question, so I will. He says, how do you find the time to do the form? on so You're on social media more than Dean Watling, both media types. Hashtag end of story. It's an interesting one in itself because um, I, when I was at Sportsbet, I was very blessed. Well, I was asked many a time to go into social media and I didn't have to because at the end of the day, I was doing my stuff for Sportsbet. I was punting. I was doing what I needed to do so I didn't need to involve myself into social media and it's when just when I left sports but I wanted to control the narrative of why I left and and didn't allow them to to say you know anything so they controlled it as much as they'd wanted to um and then obviously because we had our launch of our business we need to promote our business so I sort of dipped my toe into the social media spectrum and boy oh boy it's um it's fascinating <laughs> it's that's for sure it, it has its how do you moments. find the cesspool of twitter um, I, I actually, it's a really interesting one because I always went in there going, I'm going to hate this. And I, look, um, I treat it, I have a bit of fun with it. I, 
as I say to a couple of the boys in the office, I'm like, uh, I'm entertaining myself. Uh, no one else probably finds this amusing or actually interesting whatsoever, <laughs> but I know that I'm actually entertaining myself. And at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to walk along the footpath with me and, and that's fine. And if people don't like it, they can go across the road and walk on a different part, footpath. That's fine. And I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin to you know, realise that I'll say many things that are wrong. I'll lay horses that I shouldn't lay and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll be wrong many a times. Um, I think the moment you think you're better than the game or you're bigger than the game, um, you get, you get uh, chewed up pretty quickly. So uh, staying grounded on that and uh, social media is... Yeah, as I said, it's a fascinating place. Uh, but it's been good for our business. It's been great, and it's been positive. I've had a positive experience, and um, and I'm sure there's lots of people that have had positive experiences out there with social media. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have had negative experiences. But uh, I use it for what it is, and I enjoy it. I've met many people through it that I never probably would have. Um, so I'm all for it. In saying that, if I end up selling this business and go live on that island, I probably never tweet ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue and a, a great way to round up. Our man Jack Adams says, "How can I get some hands on some? How can I get my hands on some Fox Catcher merch?" This is your chance to plug yourself. Well, yeah, um, you come to the you come to the website. So, uh, foxcatcherintel.com is probably where JJ and I do all our stuff: previews, reviews, punter education, a lot of the stuff that we've sort of done for the last you know seven or eight joints at different places. Now we've we've brought that across to Foxcatcher that we think is something that's a little bit different that you can't read in a form guide. Um, you can't read in best bets. It's it's sort of, we tr- drill down as much as we can. And then, yeah, just download the app and have a bet. I mean, we're sort of, we get that we're, you know, met, there's many corps out there. We're one of many. We know it's a saturated market, but we're having a crack. There's not many of us. We're, we're just, if you come through chat, you'll get either me or JJ or Tommy that I've brought from Sportsbet, and he's a ripper and he knows the game so well. He... He was such a very good trader. He did WA for Sportsbet for a long time. So um, he's a ripper as well. And, you know, you'll get one of us and we know the game. And mm. we're betting tight. You know, you, you want to get an over, you're going to get an over. If you've got an opinion early, come bet with us. Um, and, you know, if you fleece us, you fleece us. We're not going to cut you off. It's it's good fun. So we understand we're punters. We punt ourselves. We still punt. Um, we have bad days. We have good days. But I wouldn't swap it for the world. So... Uh, it's good to be able to do these things as well, sort of understand there's other people in the world other than us, and um, it's 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 a it's a real hoot. Yeah, that's huge. I'll just quickly plug my stuff as well. The six day racing on the App Store. It's only been going a couple of weeks, but if you want my stuff, then you can jump on the App Store. The six day racing. You can follow us on Instagram as well. Go and follow and subscribe to Foxcatcher as well. They're doing some brilliant stuff. The form previews and um, reviews I've been watching, and they've been excellent. So, Jules. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. We understand this has gone on a little bit long for a Thursday night, but we appreciate your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. No, I appreciate it, boys, and I really appreciate um, reaching out and, and the invite, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah, you, you, it's good stuff that you guys are doing, so keep at it, and if you've got, ever got any questions, yell out because I'm more than happy to help out in any shape, way, or form. And that's for any of the punters out there listening as well. You've probably got a good crew of people that listen to your stuff. Um, as I said, I don't go to the track too often. I've sort of become a little bit of a recluse. Um, I was on the track so long with, you know, doing the sports bet stuff. So it's good to be away from it. But I'm always available for a chat. And um, yeah, hit me up on Twitter or, or whatever. Come through the, our website, and, and I'm more than happy to help or talk shit with me. I'm happy with that as well. So appreciate it, guys. You're you're a, you're a good gang. <laughs> so good. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate.
Nico, Will and I will be on course this week at Sandy and we can't wait for it. Blue Diamond Stakes Day, one of the best days on the calendar. We'll see you there, punters. Uh, good luck on the punt and then we'll see you here next week. Cheers. See ya. Gone and closed, the curtains Cause all we need is candlelight You and me and the bottle of wine And I'll hold you tonight well, we know I'm going away And how I wish I wish you were So take this wine And drink with me Let's delay our misery Say tonight Fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Say tonight Fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow there's a lot on the fire And it burns like me for you Tomorrow comes with one desire To take me away from the truth It ain't easy to say goodbye Darling, please don't stop to cry Cause girl, you know I've got to go Lord, I wish it wasn't so Save tonight And fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Save tonight And fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone